0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is coming a little late, but it is my review of Chapter 5 of the Book of Obathet, The Return of the Mandalorian. Uh, For information, I was on a show last week on Reel with Jesse Swift and Sean Wingblade, which I will link in the description. And we reviewed this very chapter. So if you want to get my thoughts from last week, check it out. So join me today as we dive in. See you in a minute. As you're hearing is my ventilator, and welcome to Boba's Book Club, presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. Today, we are going to review chapter five of the book of Boba Fett entitled The Return of the Mandalorian. And now, I have come up with a new way that I'm going to review. So what we're going to do is I'm first going to give you my overall thoughts, followed by what I liked, followed by what I didn't like. Then we're going to take a break to hear about our sponsor, and after that I'll talk about the big picture and the... sort of the big picture and cool moments of the show. Followed by the where I think it's going to go next. And then we will conclude. So that way my thoughts are a little more organized. So, overall thought, fantastic episode. It is so great to see Din Djarin again. Obviously he does not have Grogu with him. As he is taking Grogu to Luke Skywalker, or Luke Skywalker came to them, as you recall. But it was really great to see him again, and this is his episode. Both doesn't even appear. Uh, This is more like an interlude. Which I think is great. We get to see familiar faces or familiar helmets. And it's just, and we get to see a really neat new vehicle for Din, for the Mando, now that the Razor Crest has been destroyed. An overall wonderful episode revealing more insights into, particularly into the culvert to which... Uh, the Mandalorian Belongs, the children of the Watch. And how uh, I think they're a serious cult, and he needs to get away. And we'll see if he eventually decides to abandon them. But wonderful episode. So much enjoyed it. Um, I do not believe, as some people have said online, that it that it reveals why the Book of Wolves that stinks mandalorian's better and we want that anyway i don't agree with that assumption um but that's not really why i'm here today not to talk about what other people think but what i think and overall i think this is a great episode okay so let's talk about what i like and and by what i like i mean the moments that really stand out. Okay, so the opening scene in the butcher shop. Oh my word! In that like meat locker. Wow. The seeing the silhouette of the Mandalorian on those plastic doors. Uh, we're, we're, I'm not sure what you call those partitions that they use in like a meat packing facility. And the silhouette of him, and then he emerges. That was a cool shot. And he's got the dark saber, and he makes mincemeat of those um clatu- clatu- Clatoonians, I think they're called. Shoot, I better memorize that from trivia. Um. In the fight with their boss wow uh, let's just say that was that was quite brutal and you basically see him cut in half and then and then in this really cool shot which I thought was fantastic you see him beheaded that was cool. Um that three sixty degree shot was pretty interesting when when Bulba tur- or Boba, I'm sorry, I keep money to call him Bulba. When the Mando turned in that bounty to that those those that one alien. Who is an ishi tid, by the way, and that I know. So then he goes, and where does he go? Another great moment, a moment I loved And that was seeing him hang out with the the, the armorer and the big guy, Taz Pazvizla Paz voiced of course by John Favreau. I'm not I'm not sure who plays him in the suit. Um great to see those guys again. That was really neat. The fight between Paz Dizla and Mando um, the the right to the Darksaber was pretty interesting. And we also get some insight into what the Armorer thinks of Bo-Katan. Or or Bo-Katan, as she says. So Bo-Katan Kree's, you know, uh, Had the Darksaber, and at some point lost it to Moff Gideon. Now, when... So, it's really interesting that Mando mentions to the Armorer, Do you know Bo-Katan? And and she says an interesting line. She says, Bo-Katan is a cautionary tale. Thought that was interesting. And then... It, it, she tells Mando about, um, basically says, you know, Bocatan laid claim to be ruler of Mandalore, but only by blood, and by the sword, the the, the Dark saber. So it's clear that in the Mandalorian culture, at least in the case of the armor, and you know, more extremist and fundamental Mandalorian, that blood is not what determines who gets the Darksaber. So that would make seem that maybe Tar Vizla, the creator of the Darksaber, uh, it, maybe it wasn't a family heirloom, it was one that had to be one. And that certainly makes sense because the armorer says that it was gifted to bo and not given by, and not received by Creed, as she says. And I believe what she means by Creed is, the Creed, you have, you have to fight for it. So the armor is basically saying, Pasha, Sabine gave her the Darksaber, she didn't win it. So of course she wasn't a rightful ruler of Mandalor. So I think that explains why Bo-Katan couldn't just take it from Din Djarin because she was saving face in that moment. When Moff Gideon said, "That's not how this works," because Bo-Katan probably realized, "I'm—I need to be the ruler of Mandalore. So I need to fight for it." I can show those naysayers like the armor that I then I can fight for it that I could win it. So it, it becomes more of a matter of pride. And I really like that idea. That's really cool. That Locaton is becoming very proud because she wants to do it the right way so that nobody can say, Hey, you didn't do that the right way kind of thing. We also learn, in a really neat uh, little bit of dialogue I thought was neat, is the Armorer talked about being on Concordia. So Concordia is the moon of Mandalore. And the, um, So, uh, you know, what's we learn in the Clone Wars, when we first meet bo she's hanging out with Pre-Vizsla and the Death Watch on Concordia. So, in other words, they were on the same world. And... They probably knew each other. That's probably why the the armor is saying these things about about Bokatan. That you know, they were all on Concordia and that's why they survived when the Empire destroyed Mandalore and the Great Perch. I know I'm going on a little long, but there's a lot of neat stuff in this episode. So, one of the things that... the armor says that I thought was really cool. It says... You know, she says, if the saber is not won in combat, and falls into the hands of an undeserving, then it will be a curse. And her exact words are Mandalore will be laid waste and its people scattered to the four winds. And that seemed to have come true because off Gideon, who I believe is undeserving, ended up with a dark there. And the people of Mandalore were, and it was laid waste. So that kind of came true. um another thing that's really really neat is we get to see the great purge of mandalore in a very terminator 2 or even terminator look we see these tide bombers dropping like almost what looks like nuclear bombs on mandalore destroying the capital which is called sundari seeing the kx droids, like K2SL, and and probe droids, blowing, shooting things, and looking for people to murder. It's very much out of uh, Terminator, and it's got all these flames in the background, and yeah, it's a Terminator 2 moment, to say the least. And now we actually get to see what the Great Purge looked like. And the Tide Bombers are really quite deadly. Okay. One other thing I really liked is that the spear that um, the Mando was given by Ahsoka after Ahsoka defeated the magistrate, the spear is made of Beskar. The armorer forges it into something for Grogu. We don't know what. Mm-hmm. Which is really neat. Um, and without really going on too long, because I've gone on long enough, let's talk about other things I liked. I really liked that we get to see Pellie again, she's the Duck Keeper on, in Maasai. She is another example of the character that when she first showed up, a lot of people, I saw Possibly, I'm not sure. I was ambivalent toward her, but a lot of people didn't like her. But now people are really warming up to that character, which to me demonstrates that these guys at Lucasfilm, they're playing the long game. They might introduce something that you wonder about and then you give it at time and then it ends up working. Be patient, is basically what I'll say. That's really great to see her. Get to see, you know, some of that. And now, the Mando gets a new ship. And you know what it is? It's an N-1 Naboo Royal Starfighter. Like, straight out of Phantom Menace. And so they basically make the souped-up version of it. Uh, by the way, there's a little area where the droid, you know, the astromech droid would normally be. But there's no astrodroid, and it's got, like, a bubble on it. You know, like a dome, like a cockpit. I'll bet you anything Grogu is gonna be in that cockpit. So we get to see that. He goes and test drives it through. He takes it on a test run through the pod racing course. And even Beggar's Canyon that not only did Anakin race, but Luke also raced down. So that was really cool. And then, of course, we get the appearance of our our old X-Wing squadron. With our old Um, Oh, shoot, why am I blanking on his name? Let me look. I'm sorry. This is this is terribly embarrassing. I'm sorry. Bear with me. Sorry, I'm trying to scroll. And this article is really long. Yep, Carson Tether. Carson Tether. Our old buddy, who appeared a few times in The Mandalorian. Great to see him again. And then, of course, seeing this Starfighter in action is so neat. And seeing him slide past that Starliner, very much a shot that's reminiscent of Phantom Menace. Oh, and that little Rodian. That's that's pretty funny little addition there. And then... uh And then uh Fennec Sharon shows up. So a lot of great stuff. Those are a lot of the things that I like that really stand out. And... I really like that we get an insight into what the children of the Watch... With the armor, think about Bo-Katan. So I think basically they blame her for the destruction of Mandalore. Yeah that she was unworthy to be leader because she didn't win it the right way and didn't rule the right way and that's kind of interesting. Okay um anything I disliked um you know what not really not really I don't know if that was the most convincing looking Rodian. Uh that's about it. I mean really. It's my dislikes are so very minor that they're not really worth mentioning. Okay, we're gonna take a break. And when we come back we will continue. See you in a minute. Okay folks, we are back. Um it's time to talk about the big picture or cool stuff and I'm going to I think I'm going to need to slightly rethink the way I do the review. I've already talked about the big picture and cool stuff. So I think going forward there will not be a cool stuff section. Cuz the cool stuff is in the likes section. Okay, so big picture. Um as I said, we get an idea of the insight that the get a little insight into what is the armor and therefore the children of the watch think of Bo-Katan? You know, what do you have to do in order to win the Dark Saber? You know, why was Sabine able to give the dark saber to Bo-Katan, but she wasn't able to accept it from the Mandel. And now we know why. You know, as I as I said, as I said, we need to be patient. I will not name names, but there was a certain reviewer who insisted that that was a continuity error, that, that people supposedly keeping the canon weren't doing their job and said that any answer that he gets, he's like, we all know that's just an excuse. Well, I hate to say it. I could not disagree more. And this demonstrates why we need to be patient with Star Wars. And I'd also like to add, before moving on, Every episode or new piece of Star Wars content, particularly shows, brings with it the dread that it's going to have something in it that people don't like and they light the internet on fire. Now, without getting too preachy, let me remind you, Ahsoka Tano herself was one of those things. People detest tested that character yet another example of people wanting to bring the internet down um and now she's one of the most favorite characters bill burr in mandalorian a lot of people did not like him in season one but loved him in season two kelly People didn't like Kelly, and now people are starting to like her. So many other things were people hated when they came out. And Star Wars, and the way it is now, especially on the shows, is demonstrated is be patient. And things will all add up. Maybe not all, but a lot of things will. And a lot of things that you initially don't like, well, you will end up liking. Okay, so getting back to the big picture, yet again, we get to see insights into the children of the Watch, into Bolkaton, into why she couldn't accept. We get to see the Great Purge of Mandalore, which is cool in a very frightening way. But now we get to see what that what that was all about. We get to see Mandalore, even though it's completely under siege, which is kind of cool. We get to hear that that the Children of the Watch were on Concordia. Okay. And a little bit of history, really quick. In the, in the Clone Wars series, we learn that the Mandalorians were, you know, a violent people by nature. A new faction came to power, called the New Mandalorians, which promoted peace. Those who did not accept and wanted to continue being warriors were exiled to Concordia. Among those exiled were the Death Watch. One of the members of the Death Watch was bo who was... The sister of the ruler of the New Mandalorians. It'd be interesting to know more about their family uh, split, it seems. Also, by the way, the leader of the Death Watch on Concordia, guess what he had in his possession? The saber. I would highly recommend watching The Clone Wars to get the story of what happened next. But that's the general idea. So a lot of these more traditionalist Mandalorians were on Concordia, and thus survived the destruction. So that's kind of cool to see that. Other big picture elements is, it's interesting to notice, Carson Tether recognizes the Mando when they pull him over, so to speak, with their X-wings. And he, I think he knows, you know, he pretends that, Mando pretends that he doesn't know then. And I think that Karsiteva is sort of letting him go because he's like, I owe you one kind of thing. Um, or, or he knows him and he's like, I'll let him off the hook this time. Well, pretending that he doesn't know, you know, to the other guy. I'm not exactly sure what Carson Tether is doing, but I think he is trying to figure out what's going on so that the New Republic can know what's going on. Because this is all the Outer Rim, and a lot of crazy things are going on out here, including that laboratory on Navarro. it looks like they're trying to create a clone for the Emperor. You know, all kinds of stuff that that I think Carson Dether wants to find out about. Yeah, it was cool to see him again. You know, this guy is a big Star Wars fan. He's on the show. Kim's Convenience is in Star Wars. Pretty neat. I think we'll see more of him. And if they ever do the Rangers of the New Republic show, I would very much like to see him as one of the main characters. Okay, so that's kind of the big picture. I love this episode. Yes, it's an interlude, and I like that. Because just having the Mandalorian show up and look above that without getting any idea of where he's been or what he's doing would seem like it just wouldn't work. So that's the big picture. All right, predictions. You know what? At this point, I don't have any predictions other than is Grogu going to show up? Probably not, but you know. Uh, will Luke Skywalker teach uh, Din how to use the Dark Saver? That's a very good question. I have no idea. That is one thing I wonder about, prediction-wise. Prediction, I think, is these last two episodes are going to be the war with the plagues. I imagine they might be like a two-parter. And I think Bulba's going to ride the Rancor for one thing. I think he's going to have quite an army of allies, so that's all I'm really willing to venture any predictions on. I am, at the point right now, I'm willing to take whatever comes. I trust these creators. I trust Dave Filoni and John Favreau and Robert Rodriguez. I'm very glad for the directors that we've gotten so far in this series. So, it's good stuff. All right, so those are my thoughts on Chapter 5 of The Book of Boba Fett, Return of the Mandalorian. This is a great episode. I love the show. I really do. My name is Brennan Mar. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And thank you for turning in, tuning in. Sorry, not turning in. Tuning in to Boulder's Book Club, presented by Page Turners. They were not. My Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.